welcome to Your Property Podcast. Uh, my name is Michelle Kent, your host for today, and we have got Josh Tracy with us. Hi, Josh. Hello. Good to have you on. Now, I'm very excited to be interviewing Josh today, and um, because it's he's got a really inspiring case study of just his journey and some of the projects he's done. Really, really inspiring. And uh, I think we're going to get a lot of value from listening to Josh's experiences and his his journey and finding out about how he has achieved what he has achieved. So um, without further ado, don't want to take too much, steal too much of your thunder there. But uh, Josh, tell us a bit about yourself. Now, um, how old are you? I am 20. 20, but, 20. Um, and property investor yeah. wise you're probably a lot older in terms of what yeah <laughs> yeah those, those that know know about it will think it's mature it's a mature thing for me to do absolutely a lot, a lot of people just wouldn't believe it yeah because my, my characteristics and stuff because the way i act there's like, no way do you do that but well you know we're going to find out how you do what you do and why so just tell us a bit about um you know normally we kind of say to people what was your background before property but I'm guessing your background was school <laughs> yes yeah, so, yeah I start I, I sort of um I started uh looking for houses when I was at college actually um it was my first year of college and I was work, I was working at M&S part-time as well so I, I had quite a lot on my plate at the time of obviously studying getting my getting my qualification and then also getting some money in from M&S as well so I sort of just I'm, I sort of tried to prioritize it as much as possible because obviously I was I, I, my mindset was that I wasn't going to quit my job at M&S until I had a house yeah great which is what happened so I, I only quit once I had the house and I had income um so that was sort of a because I, I really didn't like it <laughs> I really didn't like it um but it was it was just more of a motivation uh yeah. for me to get a house really and how did you so hear about it, property I mean you know it's not typically something that a young person would be interested in um and even if they were you, you know I, I've spoken as a you know, I, my background as a teacher, so I used to talk all the time about property, especially when I knew I was getting out. Um, and I've said to the kids, you know, we, um, you really need to look into this and there's just an alternative way rather than having a day job. Um, but, yeah. you know, 99% of them are just sort of like, oh, that's that's great, but nah, thanks, you know. Um, yeah. So what well, I, I, I've, I've always, like, known people that have been in the property industry, like family, friends, like, my a couple of my friends as well were already in the property industry and just seeing I think it was mainly just seeing other people succeed made me want to do it and just Did sort you have of any the, friends I, that are your age that were doing it as well not, not my age it was just it was mainly family friends right. that I got along with who just told me that told about the whole passive mm. income sort of thing and that just like really appealed to me because uh throughout throughout school and college it was it, it was that thing where you have to sort of think about the long run and what you want to do in the future and it's di- every- obviously it's different for everyone because everyone has jobs that they've always wanted to do their whole life but there was nothing that I wanted to do my whole life so I never wanted to be a footballer or anything like that so like I knew I, knew I wanted to do something to do in the- something to do with the music industry but these days in music unless you're like a big selling artist or a big selling producer there's like no money in the music industry yeah. um, so I sort of thought to myself what can I do to create a passive income to act as sort of a flotation device to allow me to do music 
right okay so, so you're not so you weren't doing so that you could do the music but you didn't you weren't relying on it for an income yeah exactly yeah. so so property was not it, it was it wasn't like i wanted to get into it and i wanted to make like a load of money i wanted to get a load of houses and i wanted to just do property full time the only reason to this day that i probably like like right now the only reason i do it is so that i can do music and not have to worry about the money brilliant wow it's very inspiring and um i'm sure a lot that uh, resonate with a lot of people that you know with we're taught a lot that oh, just to follow your dreams and um, do what makes you happy, uh, you know, choose a career that you love. But a lot of those are more creative thing, you know, creative careers that actually don't earn very much money. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's, it seems like you've like really kind of got that concept that you don't actually, you can have both. You can have your cake and eat it mm. so you can put the work yeah. in. And get your property business up and running then you can do what you love alongside it yeah. as well a lot of people a lot of people think it's just too good to be true to be able yeah. to not have any money at all to be able to become well financially free and then to do something you love at the same time yeah a lot of people think it's just so unrealistic um but obviously that's that's probably because they've just been speaking to the wrong people that's what i think anyway yeah it's um, it's you know you i mean obviously you've grown up in that environment where there's people around you who have that belief already and yeah. you know they're sort of instilling you you know you're talking about passive income and and things like that that it is just <laughs> you know i didn't discover about passive income until i was in my 30s you know it's just yeah. it's crazy that somehow we can just sort of go through life and not understand these simple concepts i guess so yeah um, i think it, i think i think it's just goes to show how important it is to just sort of put yourself out there and just talk to people uh, mm -hmm. well i would say network not really network because obviously i was like 15 14 15 years old <laughs> it's just like if i didn't speak to those family friends and find out what they did um and sort of get intrigued by that then would i be doing doing it today well i might be i'm not sure obviously i can't tell but it's just like you never i, I never know i would have never known what would have happened if i didn't do that do you know what I mean? yeah there's a great phrase it's proximity yeah. is power it's tony robbins one of those proximity oh, wow. is power i know right drop, drop the mic <laughs> proximity is power just who you hang around with you know that circle of friends and just what you're exposed to it mm. just brings you closer to, to what you want and I'm a big believer in that as well so well yeah, tell us a bit more about these projects then so we're talking about property and passive income but what has that looked like for you um so I I knew that my my first I, I so basically all, all in I knew I wasn't going to put any money into it I knew I couldn't put any money into it <laughs> so so yeah M&S didn't didn't give me a great wage thanks no. M&S <laughs> um but I I knew that I was going to have to use a strategy in in order to I, to be fair I didn't really care what I got as long yeah. as I had something with my name on it I thought that was like the most important thing for me at the start was the having something with my name on it to give me the confidence to go out and get something else. And I, I would, I'd have been happy with like 500 pounds a month or something like that. Like something like that's not loads. That's some people wouldn't would say that's not enough for like a, a big project, but in the long run, you've got to think about if you're going to buy the house in five years time or anything like that, the amount of equity in it, you pull that out. That's tax free. That's all yours in your pocket. But I, I genuinely just wanted an excuse an excuse to quit m s so so going going forward with my first deal 
I knew that my, my negotiations had to be like on point. So that was like the hardest part for me, like learning how to negotiate a deal and act like I was older than I was because I was mm. only, was I 16 or 17? I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I, was 16, I was 16 or 17. I can't remember when I, when I um, actually got my offer. I think I was 16 actually. Yeah, I was turning 17 and I got, um, so my first deal was a purchase lease option. Wow. So obviously buying a house for a pound because that was that was the strategy that sort of spoke to me the most when I learned about it okay because and obviously yeah you said you know you were sort of anything would do kind of thing anything that made money yeah um anything, yeah and we so were you looking for something in you know specifically because you've you know the purchase lease option is a way of acquiring or controlling a property but you know you could do yeah. a purchase lease option on service accommodation or hmo or single let so did you have something yeah. in mind that you know at and the bare minimum this is what i want in terms of return yeah well i, I definitely wanted an hmo to start with because i thought like I, I didn't really understand sa didn't really uh didn't really know too much about it and i didn't really want to like go into something i wasn't 100 yeah. percent sure on i was like sure on hmos i was pretty sure on purchase lease options I was a little bit, I was pretty confident I knew everything I needed to know. So, uh, so going into it, I was like, if, if I don't sell myself to this, this vendor and if I don't sell the deal, then I could be literally like walking away from like thousands of pounds or like, like passive income. Cause you could effectively like be financially free off one deal if you get the right deal. Okay. Um, well, how did you find it then? What did you did you do direct to landlord, direct to vendor? Yes. Yeah, so, so at M and S, I was I I did a talk on I did a talk with Mr. Simon Zucci about about this deal um, a while ago. Actually, I was how scary I was in front, in front of like <laughs> seven hundred people when I was like sixteen going on stage. It was really scary. But um, I was I was working at M and S and. Um, I had to help this disabled woman woman round uh, uh, to go around shopping with her, help her with all her groceries and stuff. And um, obviously, telling people what you do is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was telling her that I was I was interested in doing property and that I wanted to get my first deal. And she was like, "Oh, my landlord's selling his house." And I was like, "Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, how big is it?" She was like, "It's thirteen bedrooms." And I was like. <laughs> And she, I was like, I was like, how much? And she was like, she was like eight hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds. I was like, nah, see you later. I went home, and I called called up my uh, my mentor Jilly, and I was like, oh yeah. So this woman at, at work today, she said that her landlord's selling his house for eight hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds. I just don't think I can like do a deal that big. Yeah. And she was like, how many rooms is it? Does it stack? And I was like, well, it's thirteen bedrooms. And she was like. What, what are you doing sort of thing she was like don't and that, that's something that um i learned early on is just don't be afraid of the big deals right. big numbers big deals you shouldn't be afraid of it um if it stacks it stacks so i went and did my figures and as it's as it stood i'd make about 12 1300 pounds a month from it Not so bad. 12 so yeah it's pretty it's pretty decent i guess like um, in comparison well, was, to what you work were earning at the time oh yeah I was absolutely, I was, yeah, so that was more than enough to make me, like, super excited. Um, so a couple of days later at work, I took Joanna, the woman, round again, and I said, oh, can I get your landlord's details? So she gave me his email and his number and stuff. 
yeah. went and grabbed a piece of paper, wrote it all down. I called him that evening and um, I basically said I was interested and I wanted to view it uh, with my JV partner, Jilly. And uh, yeah. I went and uh, viewed it and obviously like little things. Obviously, I was expecting him to be a bit sceptical because obviously as a 16-year-old looking around your house, it's a bit weird. That's why I wanted <laughs> Jilly. That's the main yeah. reason I wanted yeah. Jilly there, just to uh, add a bit of like, Credibility, yeah. I was, I was going to say maturity. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but um, I was picking up on little things as we went around, trying yeah. to find common grounds. It's like seeing like photos. I saw a photo of like uh, I think it was like him playing tennis or something, and I asked him about tennis and stuff. Uh, just complimenting the house, trying to get on his good side. Um, and then after we went and looked around the house. Uh, we didn't get to see in all the rooms. Obviously, thirteen rooms. A lot of them were locked, and uh, it was it was it was it was the house was in a decent condition. It was working perfectly as it was, but it was everything had sort of been like taped up. That's what I think because like he'd found issues, like maintenance issues, right. and instead of calling in professionals, he'd try and do them himself, right. um, which wasn't the best idea because I've had it for almost three years now. The house and it's sort of sort of starting to be an issue now so I spend so much money on maintenance of that place hmm. um but when we, after we looked around the house we sat down and started negotiating the deal um and I, I tried to take the lead as much as I could on it hmm. but obviously I had had backup where I had Jilly hmm. I'm not gonna go and say I did the whole thing like did every step of it but by myself because I genuinely did it yeah. and that's not a problem that's that's like fine it is Obviously. absolutely fine and uh, you know yeah. gosh I've you know I've had mentors and coaches uh, myself and you know I think the whole point of us doing sort of investing in our own education and yeah. having that accountability and that support there is that we get that guidance you know otherwise if we all try and do it on our own and just uh, <laughs> you know it would be a very slow slow painful process yeah. I think yeah I was thinking to myself if I'd have tried it on my own for the first time and I hadn't and I'd literally just missed out because of the way I brought the deal forward then like I'd have to live with the fact that I could have got Jillian to help me and sort of back me up so yeah. she was just there in case he had any questions I didn't know the answer yeah. to um but I was just trying to properly stress the benefits because with a purchase lease option, sometimes you shouldn't even, obviously I think the best way forward to buy a house is to do a purchase lease option because obviously it's quickest, quicker than buying it uh, outright. Um, it's just easier Sorry, with fees. Just, just for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what a purchase lease option is, we've just gone along as assuming people do, but oh yeah, how yeah, does yeah, it mean, yeah. what does it mean to you? So it's a purchase lease option is free things. Um, it's how much you buy it for it's when you buy it so what period of time you buy it in and how much you're going to pay the vendor in the meantime per month my my deal was it was on the market for 875,000 pounds so what I said to him was I'll buy this house for the full asking price in up to five years what do you want in the meantime? So that's, that's something that's very important. You don't go in there and you don't say, oh, I'm willing to offer you this. So what I did was I asked him what he wanted in return. Right. And he said he wanted £3,000. And I was like, okay, I'll go over my figures and I'll see if that works. It did stack. It did work with three grand. So I said yes to it. Because obviously you want to help them out too. So obviously it's, it's a two-way street. So 
I wanted to get a passive income to quit M&S, but also he wanted to retire mm-hmm. and go and he had another house and he was going back and forth to this house to like sort out the maintenance. He just wanted to retire and not have the hassle. So it was a way out for him, but also a way in for me, if that makes Absolutely, sense. Yeah. So that's why I think it's, that's why I think it's important not to push a purchase lease option. If you know, it's not going to work mm-hmm. for the vendor because mm-hmm. effectively you're trying to help them out as well. Yeah. So you, if it, if it wouldn't work for them and they needed their money out straight away and you're there trying to like, trying to like change their mind as to what they do then that's gonna not yeah. give off the best image it's gonna seem like you're quite desperate but yeah. also like you're trying to like manipulate them and like mm. decide for them what they're doing um that's my that's just why i think anyway but um so i with a, with a purchase lease option you have to put at least a pound down mm-hmm. for legal reasons and stuff um you have to pay for solicitors as well actually that's the only thing that i had to pay for um Thank you, MS, for the money for that. <laughs> Came and useful, though. <laughs> yeah, worth worth the time. But mm. um, it was it was it was quite a it's quite a tricky thing to sort of bring across to people because like buying a house for a pound just doesn't seem realistic to anyone who well, doesn't you're, understand. You're controlling it, aren't you? You're controlling it for a pound for up to five yeah. years, and then you you buy it for the agreed price. So you, the, the price you agree today, yeah. you lock that in, and then you've got up to five years to buy it at that price. Yeah. When do you when do you anticipate buying it, or how long have you had it now? I've had it for almost three years. Um, wow. I want I want to buy it in two years. Uh, well, we said five years on the agreement. He'll probably want to do. He he he'd probably be happy to do the option for longer. But I think I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. In a couple of years, and every, everyone always asks me the same question, like, "Oh, how are you going to buy it?" Blah blah blah. Like, how are you going to do it? But I think um, I've got a couple of ways that I could buy it. Um, I've got an investor that wants to invest with me and help me buy it. But also I might, I might fingers crossed, have, my, have enough money myself to buy yeah. it, which is really cool, which I never thought I'd be able to do, <laughs> um, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah, but I, I, was, I was super, super happy with that first deal purely because it was something with my name on it. A bit more confidence meant I could go out and look for more deals in the meantime. Um, but it, it's, it's just the easiest way forward because I literally, the only money I spent on that house was to pay for the solicitor fees. Right. Actually, I, I did borrow £5,000 off of the investor actually and I just paid them back chunk at a time and paid yeah. them a bit of interest um, because the vendor said that um, he wanted five grand up front to pay for right. the insurance. Okay. And I said to him, all right, we'll give you that five grand, but I want you to take it off the end yeah. price. Fair enough. So we're... 840 is what we're going to have to right. buy it for uh, okay. when it comes down to buying it but the the, per, the the perks of it is obviously you've got money coming in each month which is brilliant it's not too much of a hassle um it's more of a hassle than my service accommodation purely because it's 13 people but i know the tenants really well i have a very i'm very strict on who i have living in my house because obviously you want everyone to get on as a whole you don't want any arguments any conflict anything like that um so everyone gets on really well um, but you've also got with the house because obviously if you buy it in up to five years time and with the rent you're going to slowly increase it yeah so every like six seven months you might put it up a fiver but if you've got 13 people that's a lot of money each yeah, month true. each yeah yeah it's like um, two houses in one really isn't it yeah it is so it's, it's when you say that it's actually two it's two houses joined by a corridor yeah. the one yeah. the one i bought so in in five years time the amount of 
it's gone up in a cap in capital appreciation it's going to be like substantial it's going to be crazy so if i do buy it and i decide to remortgage whatever i want to do then the amount of equity i can pull out, i can pull out could mean i could get another house yeah um i haven't really gone over the figures or anything but it's just something that i that obviously i thought of when i first started negotiating the deal is what how's it gonna like yeah. help me in the long run well it, like, we'll have to get you back on to in a couple of years time to tell us what you did yeah <laughs> So, okay. So that one, obviously you learned how to do the tenant process and manage the tenants, that one. Yeah. How long was it from when you finished that, uh, sort of tenanted that property until you moved on to the next project? Um, I'd say it was, it was probably about, um, probably about eight, nine months. Okay. And, and that, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to go out straight away looking for, looking for houses because a lot of my time was invested in the house, getting used to it. Um, I couldn't drive. I was going every day after college just to check everything was all right. Because as a as a seventeen year old landlord, your tenants are going to look at you and be a bit bit unsure as to yeah. what's going on. Um, a lot of them was sort of tried testing me at the start, tried to see how much they could get away with, yeah. um, see how much they could get out of me as well. So like, like asking for, uh, just asking for new carpets, asking yeah. for like new blinds, new furniture um that sort of stuff um so in my first three months i had to kick out two tenants um who were a real nuisance um they were really rude to my other tenants they were having people stay around every night um probably doing illegal things um and after i kicked them out i had the police call me two days later saying that they'd robbed somewhere oh. um armed robbery so luckily God. i got them out when i did yeah um so that's why I'm super strict on who yeah. I have lived in my house because it did affect my other tenants and wanted yeah. it made my other tenants want to leave. So that's why yeah. I kicked them out. Fair enough. Okay. So um, how did you come across your next property then? I, just, I found it on a right move actually. <laughs> and I showed, um, I showed Jillia and she said she'd already seen it and it wouldn't make enough money as an HMO. Um, so I said, have you seen it as, have you checked it as an essay? And she said, yeah, I haven't. So that's why I think it's really important to look at deals from different perspectives. Yeah. So uh, the, the way I sort of saw it was as an HMO, it doesn't stack, but what can we do to get the, the rents up? And I thought of, when I looked at the floor plans, I said, what can we do to this to sort of get the most value out of every single room? So the main thing that I looked at is people that are staying for like one or two nights in Oxford, they want to go. They're going to want their own bathroom, aren't they? They're going to want an ensuite. Um, you're not going to get nearly as much money if you don't have an ensuite. That's just what. Um, that's just from what I've um, been told by other people who have uh, uh, serviced accommodation in the area. Just that rates are just very, uh, very dependent on if they have ensuites or not. Right, okay. Um, so I tried getting on suites in every single room and it, I did manage to do it. It took a lot of planning though. A lot of knocking is like a lot of knocking through walls. Um, so the next thing was I, I had to like find an investor. G fortunately, Jilly already knew an investor who was happy to like sort of sit down and talk to me about it. So we had a meeting, long story short, the meeting went really well. Um, he trusted me, he trusted me enough to be able to invest his money into the house. And then it was just finding a good group of builders. So thanks, thanks, Jilly, again for giving <laughs> me the builders. Um, yeah, so it was, it was, that was a, 
um, a long, a longer process, obviously, because it was a sixty thousand pound refurb almost. Wow. So it was turning a grotty HMO into like a sort of luxurious uh, service accommodation. Right. And it's, I, I was quite worried about doing it because obviously, with service accommodation, there's a lot more risk because mm-hmm. I'd never done it before, mm-hmm. and. I wasn't a million percent sure on the area. Obviously, I'd studied in Oxford, but I, I'd had no experience running a guest house or anything mm-hmm. like that. So the HMO provided a lot of security for me as well. So like I was having that money come in, so that if right. I didn't if I didn't break even some months, I knew I'd have money yeah. coming in no matter what happened. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And by by this point, my my rents had gone up to about fifty. I was making about fifteen hundred a month uh, because I put my rents up. Because when I got there, the rents were stupidly low, right. like stupidly low. And I have been doing a lot of work to the, uh, to the house in the meantime. So um, I, I said to myself, I'll, I'll go for this as an SA, but obviously I want a bit of security. So mm-hmm. I, like, I told, like I said last time, the, was that I, um, in order to have security on the property, I kept the HMO license, just yeah. renewed it so that it was sort of a fallback strategy that if SA didn't work, I could always use it as an HMO. Yeah. And with the new uh, refurbed rooms as an HMO, it would make yeah. around £2,000 a month. Wow. So I was like, so it was that question of, do I want the £2,000 like guaranteed income mm-hmm. every month or do yeah. I want to risk it, potentially get more? But mm-hmm. also if, if it's a guest house and it's making this amount of money each month and it's going up in value, it's, the capital appreciation is going to be amazing when I go to, uh, go to sell it in a few years yeah and also there's a lot of uh, tax benefits to running an SA as opposed to HMO as well so you've even though the initial figures might have looked you know there's might be a bit more um, uncertainty let's say or variability in the terms of your overnight stays actually mm. did you find that that you know the you weren't paying as much tax in other areas I, I well um, I've only sort of just started um, proper looking into my tax and i find the SA. yeah i know awful uh but the sa with the sa there's a i find there's a lot more a lot more tax i'm paying for that than the hmo right because okay. i was my my hmo is not bringing in too much money i'm paying income tax on that and right. obviously i get my first uh you get your first like 11 11 grand free 11 and a half or something like that yeah. um so i'm not actually paying I, right okay it yeah it's your only income much. right yeah, but obviously with corporation tax for the SA because it counts as trade, it's a lot more as well as the VAT, everything like that. So it all sort of stacks up because it brings in a lot more money. How long have you been but, running as the SA? Uh, yeah, uh, it was November 2018. Hmm. Are you glad that you've gone down the SA route? Oh, or? oh million percent, yeah. million percent, absolute million percent. Because some months, some months it's just like a saving grace because obviously you get different times of the year where you get different rates. So mm. January, February, not great. So please give money to the Save Josh Foundation for his <laughs> rates for February. Um, but when you come to like June and July, it's just staggering because obviously you've got all the loads of tourists coming around. You've got, because uh, obviously it's the summer, you've got people coming down from everywhere. Mm. So Oxford's like absolutely packed. So I'm, I'm already at like 30% occupancy for wow. July which is yeah. like unheard of it's absolutely crazy so the year the first year of doing it was sort of like a test yeah it's just to see whether it would work and obviously 
um, I didn't change it to C1 class usage because I wanted the HMO license just right. to be able to fall back. But yeah. now I'm looking at changing it because I know for a fact that it's going to work as an essay for like okay. years to come. Because so, the first, the first, first year was was very, 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 very good. Um, because obviously I've only got six bedrooms as well. It's not too hard to fill. Whereas other people with guest houses have like 10, 11 bedrooms. Um, so it's a bit hard right. to fill in like the the winter months. So but I don't, I don't regret doing it at all. I think it was a, wow. it was a brilliant, brilliant decision that I made. Um, what would you say to people who are maybe they're kind of looking either to get their first project or to go for that deal that is a bit bigger so they're maybe thinking oh, i just want to play it safe with a single let um or a you know like just a, a really um mm. i don't know like let's say if something brings in like 500 pound or they're looking at bigger deals but they're not sure and they what would you say um well i'd recommend uh first of all i'd make if you're going to put a lot of time into something, I would obviously make it worth it. So obviously have a, a certain amount of money that you're like, like a limit to the, uh, like a minimum amount of money that you're happy to make. So obviously be true to yourself of what you want to make. Um, but if you're going to spend a lot of time uh, going, going into getting your first deal, I'd obviously go for the bigger deals. I wouldn't go for something small that would bring in a little, a little bit of money because you may think, oh, it's going to be easy. It's just my first deal. It's only small. But something small could turn into like, could cause big issues. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you're making 500 pounds a month, what happens if your boiler, boiler bursts or yeah. something like that? Or any, any maintenance issues, any big problems, flooding, anything like that? Yeah. I've had all of that happen. <laughs> uh, so um, you've got to think about that as well. But it depends what strategy you're going to go for. It depends how you want to acquire it, whether you want to go for an investor. If you want to go for an investor, go for something that's going to make you a lot more money because if you're putting, say, 100, 200,000 pounds down as a deposit, you're going to, you, sh you should be making like over a thousand pounds easily a month. Because yeah. that's like, if when you get an investor's money in the property industry, that's like gold dust. Yeah. Well, any any deals like gold dust, but if you get an investor's money, that's someone giving you their money mm. to give you a return effectively. Obviously, they're getting a good return as well, but that's providing you with passive income. So you've got to spend it wisely. So that's why when I look at deals, because I I obviously this is this is a bit uh, it's complete this is a bit different, but I'm going going through buying another house currently, and I've actually been fortunate enough to use my own money because because of Botley, because of the capital appreciation in the house. Right. Okay. Um, I've managed to, I'm currently going through um, getting it valued and then I'm going to pull out uh, the equity and yeah. use it to, and I've already had an, uh, a valuation done, but I'm getting a legit valuation um, this week, hopefully, uh, by the end of this week. And um, I'm going to be using my own money to buy this house. But I sort of said to myself, if I'm going to use my own money, I'm going to be mm -hmm. making more money. Yeah, because obviously I'm paying a, a smaller interest rate because of uh, it's four point three percent for the for the mortgage, as opposed to six percent for uh, my investor. Mm -hmm. um, so my thought process was, if I'm going to use this money, it's got to be the best deal. So I'm not going to go in and just be like, mm. oh yeah, I'll take I'll take a thousand pounds a month because if I invested my money into somebody else's project and got a one percent a month, I get like what two two and a half grand. 2000 pounds or something um so i had to that was my minimum i had to make at least two grand from this house right okay 
So it's looking for the right deal. So I, I was looking through loads of deals. And I was like, oh, it stacks. It'd make about like 14, 1500. But I could get something better. It's not greed. It's just sort of being sensible of what I'm going to buy. Yeah, and you don't have to do that now. You're in a position where, you know, you've got your expenses covered. You've got, you, you know, the financial freedom. You hit those kind of preliminary targets. So now it's a case of like, well, you're just cherry picking the best ones because why would you do yeah. anything else if if they're out there? And okay, yeah, yeah, just yeah, gotta, just gotta hold out for them. Um, yeah, don't rush into yeah. anything. It, it, it takes a lot. It, yeah, it does take time. Like finding deals isn't the easiest thing in the world. Like a lot, some people are a lot more skilled at it than others. Some people look at a house and they're like, "Oh, it looks pretty." Like I'm gonna send it to my mentor. Um, like. Chili gets sent stupid, stupid houses sometimes. Um, I get sent some stupid ones as well. I get sent like two bedroomed family homes that someone wants to turn into a luxury flat that would cost £500,000 to refund. <laughs> like, it's crazy what people send you. So I'm, I, I'm very specific as to what I want. So if I, if I talk to an agency and they're asking what I want in a deal, it's the same thing. I just want to sort of get what I've got at the HMO get what I've got at the SA and sort of replicate that so yeah. if I want to do an essay I want it done in the same way that I did my other essay if I've got an HMO I want to do it the same way I've got my other HMO so um obviously I wouldn't recommend something that I've done obviously I'm not going to sway any anyone to do anything but um one thing that I've learned throughout my process of doing property is that I went to buy a house I think it was a year ago, just over a year ago, and I had to get a change of use. And for to get a change of use, you've got to pay different fees. So I paid all my fees. It was about two and a half grand's worth of fees, and they sort of just came back to me at the last minute saying, oh, no, you can't get the change of use because the garden's too small. So there's loads of like regulations mm-hmm. that are put in place as to what you have to have as an HMO right, to make okay. to get the license. Right, um, okay. So it, it didn't fit that criteria. So I just, I literally met, I may as well have just given someone two and a half grand and yeah. six months of my time. It's been like, see you later. So yeah. it was just completely waste of time. So that was me sort of branching off, trying something new. Right. And I know I don't want to do that again. I know okay. I don't want to go for a change of use. Yeah. Right. Um, and fortunately, because I didn't get that, I then went and got Botley. This was before okay. um, the SA, sorry. Right. So this was before the SA. So because I didn't get that one, mm. I went and got the S, the service accommodation, right. which brought which has brought in three times more than that would have. Right. Yeah. So wasn't meant to be, hey. Yeah. So wow. Okay. Um. And so how do you see yourself kind of like moving forward? You you know you're quite happy with the you know you're saying you get one more at the moment. Um. Do you think that will be it for now? You focusing on the music, or do you think do you see yourself just always always acquiring property in the future um i'm not quite sure to be honest i definitely want to start one well, I'm, I'm i've constantly been pursuing music but I, I sort of want to take it a bit more seriously now so I've, i'm doing I'm, I'm i'm in a band as well we've got a lot of gigs coming up um i'm also in a wedding band if anyone's got a wedding coming up yeah <laughs> call me okay. call me yeah so i'm in like an events and wedding band as well and we've currently learning like 80 songs so that's a lot of time um i'm also doing a part-time apprenticeship carpentry and plumbing um so that means i can sort of do my own maintenance from time to time depending on how complicated it is um 
so I, I definitely so this house I knew I wanted to get one more house okay so so this one I'm getting now is gonna it's, it's gonna bring in quite a lot of money each month so I'm not gonna I'm gonna be on a without sounding arrogant at all <laughs> but like obviously I don't really effectively need yeah need anymore yeah obviously I'll, I'll probably try and get some in the future but for now I'm sort of just gonna sort of just whenever I get a new house like with my HMO with my SA it takes about a year to sort of just get everything in order so I'm not going to get this one and then go out and find another one straight yeah. away for myself I'm happy to go out and source deals for people uh things like that but um I just don't want to have too much on my plate at yeah. one time yeah very sensible makes sense because obviously I've, I've got I've got three main main things that I'm doing obviously yeah. the music the carpentry and plumbing and then property as well awesome yeah. i think i think this year is sort of the year i sort of treat myself because I, I obviously with my money i've been paying um i borrowed around 30 30 something thousand pounds off an investor um for furniture when i took over botley right. and i've just been paying that back yeah. and i've just finished yeah. paying that back and it, obviously it takes a while yeah because um i've had a lot of maintenance to pay for as well and everything just sort of adds up that's the thing that um, people don't generally see, you know, on paper, the numbers are great and you can say, okay, this is the, the gross income or this is the net income. But actually, you know, when you're starting off, you do yeah. have to, sometimes, you know, you're borrowing money things to get started wrong. and yeah, the yeah. maintenance. So, um, I think things go yeah. wrong all the time. People yeah. underestimate how much like you, yep. you, you could spend on maintenance. I've, 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 I've had a month where I spent around five grand on maintenance. Yeah. Like that was just one month. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. But um, yeah. I that's especially if it's an old house as well. Yeah, things will start falling apart. But it's so so. Both my houses I've got now are in such a good place that yeah, I sort of right. said to myself, I'm going right. to go and get another one now. Yeah, yeah. So once I've got this, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of treat myself this year a little bit. So I'm doing a lot of traveling with my friends. So I'm going to going to California in june for a month or so okay and um, people are going to be thinking how are you going to be traveling and managing are you going to do it all remotely while you're there yep yeah, so so I've, I've i've managed to set up my houses in a way that means it's very hands-off okay. the only thing that's hands-on is if there's an issue and i need to call someone to go do maintenance um so i'll be doing it myself because obviously if i'm in a different country i'm not going to be calling yeah. people up i've got um all my all my maintenance all my maintenance people i've got them on uh whatsapp so i'll just message them if something's wrong um if not i've got jilly well, jilly's happy to go down and help me win but i went away to africa for three and a half months um to live in tanzania and she said she'd look after it while i was gone and she went to one of my houses once in three and a half months right. which i think Amazing. is very lucky yeah sometimes it's, i'm not yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely it's really lucky yeah but good so, story so, so uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah I'm, I'm super excited though because this is this is genuinely exactly what i wanted to do and like yeah. just looking back on it now it's I'm, I'm so blessed to have what i have at this point and yeah. i know i know how i've got it is because i was very motivated from such a young age but also it's because i wasn't uh i, I was i was i was completely vulnerable so i i accepted help from everyone yeah. and i asked for help when yeah. i needed it and i didn't care what people thought of me yeah I just wanted to get out there and get my deals and be able to, so I could do music and travel, which is what I'm yeah. effectively doing now. Um, I've just got to put in a few months, 
proper grind to get this <laughs> this new house, get the refurb done. I'm doing I'm doing the refurb with my friends actually. Me and my uh my friends are doing the refurb. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. But um they're they're professionals, it's they're the guys I work for. Right, okay. Um so that's something I'm really, really excited about. So I get to see properly the step by step process. Wow. And um, on your project as well, it's gonna be you're gonna be uh, yeah. seeing everything with different eyes, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, of course. Also, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to go. So there's loads of places I'm going this year. I'm going France for three weeks. I'm going California with my friends, and then I'm also there's a big project that I that, I've, that I'm starting, um, which I'm super, 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 super excited about. Um, so my mum has 14 acres of land in Canada that she bought years ago, and wow. she sort of. She's sort of just forgotten about it. <laughs> oh, she do. Um, she has, just have a few yeah, acres she in Canada. Always, she, she, always, she always wanted to do something with it, but she wasn't sure what to do with it. Right. So uh, me and me and a couple of my friends are like proper. Uh, all, all we all we want to do is just like live in a V dub and just go like <laughs> round like countries, just literally just chilling doing, and like building and just doing. We just like nature gurus basically. Love it. Why so, not? Yeah, so what we've decided we're going to do is this September, uh, one of my best friends has got his uh, a semester at university in mm-hmm. Canada. Oh, right. And okay. we sort of said to him, we were like, I ha- me and, me and, uh, me and my mum had this idea, and we were like, why don't we go out there and just start building like, on the land? So what me and my friends are going to do is uh, my mum's going to – we're doing it for my mum effectively, but for us as well. Yeah. So my mum's going to be funding for us to go out there and build – um, a lodge and log cabins and it's in such a beautiful area it's near the sixth biggest ski resort in the world it's like wow. 10 minutes away it's on a um uh, what do you call it oh looking reserve not a reserve it's like a, it's on a um oh for goodness sake i know what it's called <laughs> i don't know it's like it'll come back like, to you oh mate i'm actually i know what it's called like a reserve it's like, with, yeah uh, it's like where 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 it's like where loads of like cabins are like a little sort of like village thing in Canada. Like I was going to say loads of trees, but that would have been really stupid because it's, there's loads of trees. Oh, it will come to me in a second. It will come to me in a second. But um, we're going to go, so basically it's a brilliant area and we're going to go out there and sort of build cabins. Um, and then ideally I want to start my own charity in a few years. Um, Cause my mum used to run a charity called Sada, Sophia's Alpine Disabled Adventure. Um, and she bought a ski chalet um, like 20 years ago or something, I can't remember. And um, she used to bring uh, handicapped people out there to sort of give them a confidence building, like dream holiday. Mm. And I sort of want to do a similar thing. I want to do like a confidence confidence trip away to Canada where the people, yeah. where they, they right. can learn different skills. Um, yeah. They'd also help with building as well. It's something similar to what I did in, in Africa. It wasn't really a, a, a confidence building thing, but it was more developing new skills. Um, also, uh, like realizing how much you have, like a lot of gratitude comes into it as well. So I, we, we were out there in Africa building like goat sheds and stuff. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, wow, you've had uh, some amazing experiences, you know, for <laughs> just yeah, being 20. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and it sounds like you're going to be putting those to good use and, you know, investing in yeah. yourself, investing in property, um, yep. really being quite sensible about your investment strategies going forward. And obviously, 
uh, getting to the point where you can be given back. So uh, that's it's amazing. It's really inspiring, and I hope lots of uh, I hope the people have taken lots from today's interview. So, where can people follow you or um, find out more about you? And do you have anything to plug? So you can follow me. Well, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, anything like that. Um, if anyone wants to email me, my email is Josh Arthur Romeo Tracy T R A C E Y at gmail.com. Um, anything to plug? Something that I would really, really recommend is Jilly Barlow does the most amazing SA course, and that's how I got proper invested into doing service accommodation. It showed me all the benefits. It showed me uh, that there wasn't as much ri- as much risk right. as I thought there was. Hence the reason I kept the HMO license. So like looking at it from a different yeah, perspective. Yeah. Um, so if if you're interested in that, I definitely recommend getting a hold of her. Well, we can um, uh, we can put that in the show notes as well. And uh, I've interviewed Jilly before, and um, she, you know I've had her as my coach as well. So I can uh, say you know snap. she's absolutely. Uh, you know, really changed my mindset and helped me on lots and lots of areas in property. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, so, saying else to plug, if well, anyone if anyone wants me to play at their wedding, <laughs> amazing. <hit me> up. <laughs> also, what well, uh, is it? Just Oxford, you cover. Um, now nah, we'll, we'll we'll travel. You'll travel. We're You'll happy, travel. We're happy to tra- we're happy to travel, man. We're have you got oh, have you got a website or YouTube videos of uh, any of your gigs? No. Any bands? Nothing. <laughs> we'll just trust you. Amazing. Um, uh, we've got. Uh, we're on Spotify. So if you yeah. just type in shortwave, uh, it's short, like like not long, like short, yeah. <laughs> and then wave, like shortwave. Is that your band? Shortwave. Yeah. Okay. Shortwave. We've right. Got an EP called Interlude. Go have a look at it. We'll see if we can uh, add that in too. All right then. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Josh. It's been fantastic to interview you and I look forward to uh, hearing from you in the future when you've got your log cabins in uh, in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.